Hello ladies and gentlemen and you're very welcome to episode 2 of the Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch and would you believe it, we're only two episodes into the uh, revival of TAG, our sports podcast Talk A Good Game, and Jimmy Gagan has went and abandoned us already. Took off to a, on a well-deserved week's holidays, I suppose, Jimmy's gone. So I'm joined here in the studio by our producer, Martin O'Brien, who... Uh, is self-proclaimed and self-confessed rather than professed uh, sports lack of knowledge. You won't call it a sports nerd, but uh, doesn't uh, have a whole lot of knowledge about sport. But then again, what do I know? No and, more than and, me, and, and here's me spoofing, spoofing about it. Look, we're gonna with, with no Jimmy here. We'll just have a quick rundown on uh, what's it going to be in the paper this week. Just a rundown on the sports results of the weekend as well. Um, there was plenty of football action in me GA three league finals went on there was also a, a big game for me me Camogie uh, a game against Kildare that they needed to win to help preserve their status at intermediate level uh, there was also plenty of football action that while Mead weren't involved uh, in the All-Ireland Ladies Championship there was plenty of football action to determine when Mead would be involved and um, so we can have a quick chat about that we'll also have a quick talk about um, the, the, under, the under sevens that were playing in trim there on Saturday morning. The under sevens. Don't forget about the under sevens. Yeah, yeah. I'm at these under sevens. Uh, I was talking to to a mate of mine who was involved in underage uh, football over the weekend, and he says that some of the games at that I think could have no, he would have been under eights. I'd say very competitive stuff, and some of the coaches take it very seriously as well. You know, demanding the best out of these guys but we have to remember that that uh, sport for those kids at that age Martin is all about enjoyment inclusion and that everybody gets a run and everybody gets the opportunity to play football well if I'm there every Saturday morning myself and the wifey and I've only ever seen it once with one of them managers we shouting the ball on the sideline to be fair every other manager is just it's all inclusive just get out and have fun and do you know what Ferg the quality of some of the Gossens and, and Collins is unbelievable oh it's, fa- it's phenomenal you, you swear they'll be under you, you wouldn't say under sevens you swear they'll be under years the way they play yeah and we've seen it uh, we mentioned it in last week's podcast myself and Jimmy when we were on about the Mead Primary Schools finals the kids in those games are just unbelievable mm. the quality is going through the roof but I know when, when I started playing football and I never got any better from when I started it was under 12 under 14 level these kids are now playing football uh, nurseries at under 4s under 5s under 6s so the skill levels of throughout the country it's not just in, in Mead the skill levels that these kids are going to reach when, by the time they're 16, 17 and adults you would expect it's going to be far higher than even what we're seeing at the minute you would hope yeah yeah. you'd like, you'd like to think that and I just when you talk about coaches going mad on the sideline I saw a tweet during the week from uh, Stephen Dawson who is uh, now one of Needs Games development officers uh, and a well known referee plays a bit of football with Karen Ross as well uh, quite a good referee I, I both played against him this year and had him referee in one of our games so yeah. but I've seen him mentioning in a game where he was refereeing I think he said it was under 13 level and he said that there was one particular player during the game um, and his, both his teammates and management or people on the sideline were being particularly hard on this one particular player and he stopped the game and he went over to the management and says lads this is under 13 football I'm pretty sure it was under 13 can you have a word here 
And he says the reaction he got from the management was spot on, that the people went, yeah, do you know what, you're dead right. But it was great to see a referee doing that mm. and, and having care and consideration for the players on the field. It's, it's a, it, I know soccer a few years ago introduced silent sidelines to get parents especially to be quiet on the sidelines because some parents get very inv- invested in how their kid is doing and they want the best out of their kid. Or if their child gets a, a late shoulder or a, a heavy hit, they can lose their lose their marbles and lose their mind at it but it really needs to be uh, sidelines need to be controlled and, and parents need to just take it down a level or two we don't want any more scenes like what happened with Armagh and no, Galway no. At, at underage level that was a well, fairly you know it wasn't a lot of handbags in the row and I, I don't know I know you said you only caught the tail end of it I did. Uh, yesterday the, the Twitter reaction to it afterwards Twitter it? reaction you know as always can be over the top uh, there was not a lot of handbags a lot of pulling and dragging and lads lying on the ground and little digs here but one particular incident in it the eye gouging incident that I'm sure will be uh, investigated by the GEA that wasn't nice to see a guy who was injured uh, wasn't part of the match day panel running onto the field and, uh, and getting involved with Damien Comer like that throwing the fingers up into the face and that that wasn't a pretty thing to be seen you know Mead Football is in no position to criticise uh, a lot of the tough stuff that went on and rouse after 96 I suppose where we can't really take the moral high ground it's a long time ago now, it's a long time ago and uh, it was a flashpoint that set it off but but the eye gouging thing was just uh, very disappointing to see uh, but a cracking game of football unbelievable I know I see a lot of people complaining and Porrick Joyce was one of them and uh, I think was it Oshie McConnell no it was Sean Cavanagh last night saying that you know the penalty shouldn't be away to decide a GA game but we brought in the split season these games have to be played the All-Ireland semi-finals are in two weeks time games have to be decided and putting the ball in the back of the net from the penalty spot is a skill in itself uh, unfortunately it's a penalty for a reason yeah. do something wrong in the field you should be awarded the penalty yeah yeah well for, the, for to determine the game at the end I suppose people would say oh that's not that's not part of the GEA but you know it's it's a, it's part of so a lot, lot of other sports of the helmets weren't part of the hurling yeah yeah gum shields weren't part of it and we had to yeah. get used to it black cards weren't part of yeah. it the mark a lot <laughs> of things in the GA that, that have improved the game and other bits that haven't improved it but it's uh, yeah it was a cruel way to lose uh, it's not the I- most ideal way to win but I'd say God will take it after nearly blowing it in the in the last few minutes and uh, you'd have to feel sorry for Soupy Campbell and his penalty that he missed um, it, it was way off target for a pure class player it was way off target and very unlike him but a cracking game and I suppose it left Kerry and, and Mayo to be a bit of a you know a bit of a damp squib after the uh, after the excitement and fever of the first game which you know Kerry did what they had to do they looked they looked a bit lost a bit nervy it looked as if the four week gap was after affecting them in the first 30 minutes but uh, once they hit their stride it was like death by a thousand cuts to just put Mayo to the sword and put them away so you're carrying Dublin in a couple of weeks I'll be watching that one I hope yeah you can't beat a, you can't beat old Kerry and Dublin rivalry it's a no. great, great game and uh, Derry and Galway are, and Derry will be sitting back looking at that game yesterday wondering just could be five or six Galway lads suspended here you know they're 
a lot. Yeah, I was I, looking at the Sunday game last night and the lads were kind of making that point. Yeah. After the Fiore yesterday, they don't think Galway are going to be up for Derry. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. There are two good semi-finals and it's good to see the four provincial finalists or four provincial champions contesting the, or filling the four mm. semi-final places. So it's good from that point of view. Unfortunately, we're not one of them. Uh, but we do have our ladies still involved. Thank God for and, the ladies. And uh, thank God for the ladies. I'm playing super football and an exciting team to watch. And uh, so it's great. It's great to have that still to look forward to. Um, their path to hopefully retaining the All-Ireland title was made clear yesterday uh, with... Armagh beating Monaghan we expected them to beat them by a lot more so uh, I'd speculated in the paper last week that Armagh were going to top the group and that they would have possibly a tougher route to the All-Ireland final which could include meeting Dublin in a semi-final but as it transpired they beat Monaghan alright but just by not enough so Mead topped the group and Mead now have Galway in the All-Ireland quarter-final which is going to be a massive test Galway are tough side they're, they're just a really really tough strong side and uh, Mead will have to work cut out to beat the, uh, Galway in that All-Ireland quarter-final and should they beat them will they beat them? I, I think they will they how did Galway finish last year? Uh, like. I'm not too sure but they, were, they weren't in the last four anyway so right. uh, Mead should be I think it was quarter-finalists uh, but Mead should be capable of beating them but Mead haven't been firing on all no. cylinders in attack strong team you know, I think I, I read a statistic that Armagh had scored 22 goals prior to, to the game against Monaghan had scored 22 goals this season they didn't score any against Mead it was 9 points each so defensively Mead looks sound in the attack end just looking a little bit tired a little bit cumbersome maybe uh, that just needs a little bit of freshening up Um creating good chances getting into good positions but just not finishing it off but that path to hopefully retaining the All-Ireland title is a little bit clearer it's Galway in the quarter-final and now it looks like it's going to be Dublin in a semi-final possibly uh, and the way the other side the draw is shaping up Cork are starting to look good as well so if Mead are going to do it they're going to have to do it the hard way um, but that's that's plenty to look forward to for the rest of the summer for the Mead guys I think that game uh, against Galway is the 9th of July so we've plenty of time to, to talk about that again next week on the club scene here in Mead Martin uh, you wouldn't have been following it too closely there was I bet you I wasn't three, three league finals on the uh, Division 3 final Division 3 B final was on um, in in the magnificent grounds of Drum uh, sorry in Gibstown uh, but I believe the weather didn't. Uh, yeah, believe the weather know. yesterday was Unreal. absolutely shocking. I, I, uh, Davy Rispin from the We Are Me podcast, uh, actually helped us out and covered that game for us. Um, but he sent me a message saying shortly after the game, Fergal, I'm going to be a little bit late and getting the report. I'm going to have to listen to my own commentary back because my notes got absolutely soaked. It was supposed to have been terrible weather, but. The two teams, Kilbride and Myla, served up an exciting game. Uh, Zach McGovern, seven points for Kilbride. Looks like really like he's going to be one for the future. Kilbride took that title. I think it's their first league title in almost 30 years. The defeat at Myla, 112 to 16. Uh, another piece of silverware for Leo Turley. Uh, when I say another, it's, it's a long time since his last one, but he was the former manager of Blackhall Gales when they won the Mead Senior Football Championship in 2003. And uh, 
ironically enough, he had two members of that team as part of his backroom team, former Mead captain, Anthony Miles and his brother Eamon there, I think his brother, mm. and yeah, Eamon Miles as well, uh, involved. So that was victory in the Division 3B final for Kilbride, 112-16 to over Moyla. And then in the excellent grounds, I think they're grounds of the year this year for me, Jay, in Drum Conrad's, um, we had St. Michael's claiming the AFL, the A-League Division 2A title with a 14 points to 1-4 victory over Sidon. Uh, Sidon, very disappointing. I think after four points, three came from freeze. The goal, kind of fortunate, the point to 10 came back off an upright and just fell to the right man and they buried it. But it was all St. Michael's and... Uh, under Trevor Bannon, who makes the long journey from Ballinabracky to to Carlinstown for training and for games, so Michael's nice win puts him in a in a good run of form heading into the start of the intermediate championship in a few weeks' time. Uh, so they claimed both teams obviously getting promoted, but it's St Michael's with the silverware, fourteen points to one four over Sidon. And then in Summerhill on Saturday night, um, I think that there's all the yellow and black tape around the gates of Summerhill that there was major crime keep people out would it? no it was uh, afterwards it was a major it was like a crime scene they thought <laughs> the guards were going to be around for uh, grand theft uh, grand larceny grand theft, Summerhill. Grand theft football in, <laughs> in Summerhill and uh, I can say that with my trim hat because uh, trim managed to take the A-League Division 2 or Division 1B final uh, they went home with the, the Peter Moore Cup on a scoreline of one fifteen to two eleven, but that doesn't tell half the story. Dunboy or Dunchocklin led two five to five points at halftime. Goals from Matt Costello uh, and Connor Duke in the first half two five to five. They should have had another goal. They they uh, hit the post or hit the post. Ball went out wide. Peter Farrell made a good save. They could have had easy at four goals in the first half. Second half, Matt Costello had a glorious chance just to put the game to bed. And uh, his shot just went wide from, from close enough range. Uh, did another goal disallowed correctly. A player did finish the ball in the back of the net, but there had been over-carrying before that. Um, but even going into the closing stages of the game, Trim trailed by five points. And... You know, their, their superb run, I think before up to that game, Trim had won 29 out of their last 31 games. Their only two defeats in the last two years have, have come in the All-Ireland final against Steelstown. And then the following week when there was a lot of sore heads in the first round of the Fesh Cup against Retolt, have won every other game since then. All nine in A-League Division 1B, all in the Mead Championship, all in the Leinster Championship and all bar the final in the All-Ireland Championship last year. So it was a phenomenal run and they looked a tired team in that in the uh, in the final in Summerhill and Dunchocklin were by far the better side, played some brilliant football, magnificent fielding in midfield, Conor Gray, Ben Duggan outstanding. Uh, Kieran McCarrick excellent coming from half back position uh, Dunchocklin just looked like all over the winners and with time almost up leading by five points I think they thought that too but the character the trim showed not playing well didn't produce any of the type of form that we've seen off them in the last two years but somehow they found a way uh, a goal from Luke Moran to add to a point a full back Luke Moran who came forward and got a goal just to give Mead an opportunity or sorry, give Trim an opportunity uh, to, to get get back into the game. And, and you know, it just sparked that little bit of hope. And then Daryl Lynch got a point, bring it back to a one-point game. 
then you're two minutes into injury time uh, Aaron Lynch gets a free out on the left hand side he was after kicking three wide off the ground just before that from nearly identical positions and uh, he kept this one in hand and two minutes into injury time just floated over the bar brilliant kick real balls to kick it the way he did equaliser thought that's it grand now we're going to get extra time here next kick out came and Trim got the ball patient there was always going to be four, five, six minutes of injury time there was a few injuries a few head clashes and that but uh, ball came out to Tom Carmody a new signing and a recent transfer into the club and from probably uh, not the most ideal shooting angle he floated the ball over the bar to, to win it for Trim the referee did uh, give Dunshot another opportunity but Trim had shut up shut up shop at that stage so it was pure robbery five down a couple of minutes to go and then win by one yeah looked in. but it's at one, one. one fifteen to two eleven. yeah so it was a, a cracking game uh, and credit to the two teams the two clubs had swapped positions um, following last year's championship trim of course winning the intermediate they go up to senior Dunshock and relegated from senior we're playing the intermediate and on that performance they're going to take a hell of a lot of stopping in the intermediate they're really really well they looked really strong powerful pacey under their, their new management of uh, Richie Keeley and former Dolan player Paul Curran as well so they looked really really strong Dunshockland and uh, future looks bright for them they were disappointed and you couldn't blame them on Saturday but that's football if you don't put teams away Martin if, if there's if you leave leave yourself or leave an opposition in with a chance it's a bit like heavyweight boxing one punch can, can knock you out I always hear the future look bright you talk about loads of these players and like why aren't are these transferring to the meat team when, like, remember I know nothing so I'm coming from that point yeah. of view here I'm looking for your advice on this well the future the, the reason why you say the future looks bright for Dunshockland yeah, but it's because these, they are so young yeah but surely these players are transferring then to the meat cell. yeah they should do a few a few of them will I, oh. I would imagine a few of them will uh, Adam McDermott was excellent in goals you feel probably feel sorry for him in that we have a good goalkeepers <laughs> Harry Hogan is, mm. uh, with Mead is is exceptional but you look at some of the other lads Matt Costello of course is in on the Mead team um, at the minute and one of the bright one of the brightest prospects in Mead football he's in there and starting for Mead every week uh, you look at Kieran McCarrick and the pace that he t- he brought from wing back Rory Kinsler at centre forward was excellent Luke Mitchell was almost flawless from freeze Um they had uh, Connor Gray in midfield is only 18, 19 years of age, a big giant man. He must be six foot five or six foot six. So when you say the future looks bright, and they will, a few, these guys will come in. And same with the trim team. Uh, Aaron Lynch is sure to have a, an opportunity with Mead uh, under whoever is going to be the new manager. We'll come to that in a few minutes. Um, you also have Connor Quigley, who's been outstanding absolutely outstanding for Trim uh, in their, their run as, as I said of 30 wins in 32 games or, or whatever it is but um, then there, there's other players all over the field you know James Toher Luke Moran were in on the meet panel this year they didn't happen to get any game time Kieran O'Rourke has been exceptional for Trim all year as well two boys in midfield Rob Burke Sean Fitzgerald was only a sub but he came on and had a really big impact on the game uh, so so Trim just have, have plenty of players that are capable of making an impact as well and we do have an All-Ireland minor winning team and a Leinster mm, minor true. winning team coming through but these guys are only 17, 18, 19 years of age you look at Dublin and Kerry and, and Galway yes, and Armagh you need to be 24, 25 you need 5, 6 years of that so we're still unfortunately so there's, hope. there's hope there's hope but uh, 
and we're well, I'll be an old man by the time it comes. Yeah, I'm already, already an old man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So they were the three big games um, from the weekend. There were a couple of other games in. Premier Championships, I know uh, the Blackhall Gales, 4-10, Clannock Gale, 1-10 in Division 4 in the Premier Championship. There was a couple of walkovers in the Division 9, which is uh, on probably consequence of the teams that were involved weren't going to reach the semi-finals, so they were walkovers. Uh, Division 3, Black- Dulik Bellison, 4-10, Dunmore Ashburn, 4-9. Uh, looks like a classic between St. Pat's and Walterstown in Division 3. There was not 5 each. So a draw match in Division 5 of the Premier Championship. Uh, screen 1-11, Nobber 3-11. Sorry, Screen 1-17, Nobber 3-11. Uh, walkovers there as well. Uh, Simonstown and St. Michael's give walkovers at Kenny and St. Colin Kills. Uh, Premier 8 on Friday night. You had Dunshockland 3-5, Slain 5-17. Kilmainham Wood 216, Drumbarra 311, Colin Kills and Rototos postponed in Division 3 on Friday night, Dunsany 316, Nafina 210. Uh, Thursday night you had a couple of games in Division 7 as well, Cortown uh, 310, Dunmore Ashburn 9 points, Kilbride 410, Castletown 315, that keeps Castletown in the hunt, uh, and Cortown in the hunt for semi final places. Um, and Division 6 Summerhill 110 Banlock 16 St Paul's 110 Dunshockland 314 and uh, Rateau 2-7 of 1-6 so they were the results from the weekend um, plenty of other action uh, outside of the GA of course a great weekend when we say about Trim winning uh, the Division 1B title it was also a great Saturday for a trim jockey Colin Keane oh, who, yeah. who won the Irish Derby his first Irish Derby on the uh, English trained Westover uh, Westover was third in the Epsom Derby and uh, I know the owners and trainers weren't happy not that they weren't happy but they felt that uh, local knowledge from the jockey might give their charge a better chance in the derby and that's how he proved uh, joint favourite Westover and superbly ridden by Colin Keane from Trim so fair play to him and I know seeing his mother and father there at, at the Curra Esther and Jerry, and they were delighted celebrating and his girlfriend Kerry there as well so they were celebrating and it was great to see Colin ride an Irish derby winner um, on Saturday also another Trim man Harry Purcell who is involved with Trim GA team as well qualified for the 800 metres final along with Boher Means Kevin McGrath unfortunately neither of them managed to medal um, Harry was very unlucky to miss out on third spot by just 0.1 of a second uh, missed out sick. on the medal yeah absolutely sick and he had been looked comfortable in third but was just caught on the line by Mark Milner race won by Irish Olympian Mark English and uh, uh, very impressive for Mark English so that was a good weekend um, on for for trim I suppose with with Harry doing so well in the in the athletics and Colin Keane riding the winner of the Derby, um, plenty of other stuff and in soccer news then Dunboyne two Dunboyne lads in the news and an Enfield man in the news in, in terms of soccer, it looks like uh, or sorry it is confirmed, Daryl Leenahan from Dunboyne has left Blackburn where he was captain of Blackburn Rovers. Uh, to link up um, with Chris Wilder as the man who's the manager in Middlesbrough. Uh, another Dunboyan youngster, Josh Keeley, goalkeeper. He is signed professional terms with Spurs. No so way. involved with in Premier League football. Hopefully we'll see him. I think he's only 17 or 18. Um, very talented goalkeeper. Good underage player with Dunboyan down through the years, if I remember 
down through the years he's still only a kid <laughs> <laughs> if I remember right he, he, he has a high reputation anyway uh, so I wish him the best of luck at Spurs and then an Enfield man Luke McNally um, I'm not 100% sure if he's signed yet but it looks like a £1.2 million deal to move from Oxford to Burnley who are relegated from the Premier League uh, new manager Vincent Company with Burnley there so he's signing Luke McNally from Enfield so it's been a busy uh, transfer window for Mead lads so far mm. Uh, we also Jim McGrath with Wigan and uh, so we wish those Mead lads best of luck as the new season's going to get underway it gets underway earlier this year with the World Cup Cup. on in the winter Uh, so that was it on the soccer just trying to think off the top of my head and um, you have have three Mead athletes heading off to the World Masters um, Michael Cornyn Mick Priest and Moira Groom heading off I'd like to wish them the best of luck at the World Masters Championships Um, in fact that pretty much sums it up we have good features in the Chronicle this week uh, Kieran Healy from Oldcastle who is the Irish kickboxing champion a good feature from Alma Purcell there about about Kieran's exploits uh, we photographed from the Braveheart race in Trim which was run a few weeks ago uh, so it's plenty of, of updates and, and features and photos and uh, our spirit of the final awards of course were on last Friday, Friday. Yeah. Uh, great occasion just to honour the, the the best young players and from those primary schools finals so we've full feature about that as well but just an update then on the Mead manager uh, mm. position have you an update on the Mead manager we have nothing official because right. that's a good update Ferg. that's a good Thanks update but we you know speculation we can always so speculate, speculate some people prefer speculation to actual facts the reason why you have no facts is because it's it's going to be closely guarded it's going to be well I'd say the, the three man selection committee or, or interview committee or whatever way you want to call them the chairman John Cavanagh and Sean Kelly and Conor O'Donoghue will be uh, will be working hard behind the scenes to try and find the right man but speculation continues who's in the running so it, it would be you like c- someone from the county or outside the county I don't care you don't care I want Next the right time. man yeah. I want but the right yeah, man so like so whether do you think it, there's someone in the county that's the right um, man yeah there are there's plenty of options there, within yeah? the county yeah. uh, well we spoke already sorry Jimmy spoke last week about Carlo Brick uh, right. who is an All-Ireland minor winning manager has done a great job uh, he'd be more than capable of stepping up to it personally mm. uh, I would like to see Carl continue with the work he's doing he's part of the uh, development yeah, of enough. that minor players up to adult football I'd like to see him stay involved in that but definitely be involved in some way shape or form and he's definitely a future me senior football manager um, you know John McCarthy did very well with the minor team a couple of years ago as well they won in a Leinster minor uh, brought through a lot of good young players we, we are good club managers um, I know some are interested some aren't I know Michal McDermott, uh, well I'd heard a rumour again, so these are the rumours Michal McDermott from Wolf Tones might be interested in it if he went for it uh, and he got a good coaching team around him. He's been successful nearly everywhere he went, he's won senior titles in four different counties. Yeah, He did a great job with Clare when he was with them and uh, it'd be great to, you know, he, he, he won a senior championship with Wolf Tones last year and is a really, really high quality manager and knows his football again a lot depends on these guys and the management teams to get around them Bernard Flynn is another mm. one who has confirmed that he is going to uh, allow his name go forward and I saw Robbie Brennan a former Dunboyne manager and uh, Kilmacud Croaks manager he's been part of his ticket to go as well 
Uh, I'm not sure about Graham Garrity, who was going to be part of Bernard Flynn's under-20 management team. There's talk that Graham Garrity isn't going to be part of, of uh, Bernard Flynn's proposed senior ticket. Um, but that would be interesting if Bernard Flynn was together. What type of team could he put behind? It, it's all about the teams. Managers nowadays, for the most part, are figureheads and, yeah. and leaders. And that's why I think... Maybe someone like Colin O'Rourke, I know he ruled himself out of it. I think someone like Colin O'Rourke ha- has uh, the respect, has the knowledge, has the experience of being a Keegan Cup winning manager, of being a Hogan Cup with, with St. Pat's winning manager, being an All-Ireland winning player. And he knows football inside out. I know he's turned it down, or he has said he's not interested because he knocked on the door. Do- if there was a knock or a phone call yeah, saying, listen, yeah. Colin, it's there, do you want Well, it? he knocked on the door three times yeah, before no, and it wasn't open for him. So. But you would wonder, like, if yeah. a phone call came to him and said, Colin, it's yours if you want to. And the key then, with him coming in, would be, or anybody coming in, I think the key is to get good young coaches around him that can lead to a, a continuity that we can bring young players through with good young coaches and we have some great young coaches in this county you see what Brian Farrell has done uh, with Retote winning Keegan Cups with them you saw what Kevin Riley has done with Trim um, as I said 30 game, thirty wins and 32 games yeah. uh, these things don't happen by accident these are talented talented coaches um, and we have them throughout the county they really really are excellent coaches throughout the county but disappointment, this appointment, <laughs> not disappointment, <laughs> this appointment has to be the right one. It has to so be. So every manager's yeah, appointment has to be the right uh, one. Some of them were just, were some appointments in the past were just made for, oh, well, we have to give it to him. He seems like, the, you know, he's banged on the door long enough now, shall we give him his chance? And that, they, those appointments failed mm-hmm. and, and were very, very disappointing. Um, I think there's been a good groundwork laid by Andy McEntee and his team it's probably uh, the fittest team at their strength and condition they look strong uh, probably the fit Andy's left them in a good shape uh, I know when Mick O'Dowd Andy took over from Mick O'Dowd and Mick O'Dowd was desperately unlucky in that he lost an awful lot of players to injury and retirement and he dropped a few himself off the panel so he, he had to live by those decisions uh, but in Mick's last year you know, he he was in a he was in a poor position, left without key players. I know Kevin Riley got injured and uh, Connor Gillespie got injured in Mick O'Dowd's last years, and then he 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 didn't have Brian Farrell, he didn't have Keen Ward. Through they, they were his own choices. Joe Sheridan as well. They were his own choices. But uh, I think what Andy McEntee has left Meads in a strong position, and it's a real opportunity for a new manager to come in and. Supporters need to be patient. This mm. isn't going to no. happen next Overnight. year. No. Uh, you know, we talk about Division Two football and people say, oh, you can't win anything when you're playing in Division Two football. Well, go Armagh up until recently were a Division Two team. Uh, you look at what Galway have done, look at what Derry have done, look where Clare got to this year, look where Ross Galway and, and Kerry Division Two. Galway, Galway and Derry. Sorry, division, Kerry, yeah, Division Two. Me played them this year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now we lost to both of them, uh, although a good performance against Derry. Um, we lost to, to Galway in a in a storm in Salt Hill. So, look at the future again. <laughs> is uh, it's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. But it needs the right man to steer the ship. And when and do you think a, a timeline in this is I, the next month? Well, yeah. Like, well, look at the, the accepting of nominees from clubs closed last week. Okay. So 
Right, so the names are in the hat then, so it's just a matter of a decision. Names are in the hat, but that three-man selection committee can also go outside of those names. So, and it... I know Conor O'Donoghue and I know the, I know Sean Kelly and I know John Kavanagh these men will have a pitch will have a proposal to go to whoever and it will be meticulous they will say this is what we have this is what we are going to offer a manager to come in here's the potential that you have here's the resources that you'll have everything will be laid out for anybody who's interested uh, we talk about outside managers you know we've heard names mentioned Malachi O'Rourke mm. um, I've heard Stephen Rochford, I've heard Keane O'Neill been mentioned, even though he's doing a great job with Galway at the minute. Um, Stephen Poacher has been mentioned, Davy Burke has been mentioned. Loads of names mentioned. Um, and you would like to think that this three-man management team have approached, uh, approached some of these guys and said to them, look, there's an opportunity here to manage a good mead team that has a lot of promising mm. young players coming through. Are you interested in this project? If you're interested, we'll get the county behind you. And I think, as Andy McEntee said in a, a brilliant interview on the BBC Northern Ireland uh, podcast with Thomas Niblock and Ushing McConville last week, you, if the Mead supporters will get behind the team, if they see the Mead players working hard, Talking if they're hungry. Desperate. We're we are desperate. desperate to get yeah. behind the team. We're hun- ravenous. Th- we are. Is we what we are. really are. Yeah, yeah. To get up and support them. And everybody wants and to support them. And you know, they don't them. have to win. Just qualifying in the semi-event, that'd be amazing. And that's what Andy said. If, you know, Mead supporters see the right things being yeah. done, see the players with the right attitude and working hard, they'll get behind them. There's Muppets out there. Yeah. But you, and, and they spoke about online trolls and the abuse on social media. You could throw your hat. You could throw a blanket over the amount of people that are abusing. Probably good, yeah. You know, so you're talking fifteen, twenty people at the most that are not even. I wouldn't even say it's that big that are being abusive online, and uh, that, you know that's a very, very small percentage of the thousands of Mead supporters that are yeah. out there. So yeah. you know, don't let the few rotten apples ruin the whole barrel. Yeah. Um, Mead supporters are great supporters unbelievable when we get behind the team I've been at unbelievable games and the noise and the, the the support behind the team that supporters club bus is a very loyal group to go to every single game um, so the next man that comes in has to give them something to shout about mm. exactly just give us something to shout about give us something to shout that's about that's a good way of saying it give us something to shout about and, and we will shout and when yeah. I say we I count myself as a meat supporter as well so um, that that's ultimately all that we want as you said, if you get to a semi final, a quarter final, or a, you know, can contest the Leinster finals. Exactly. And, and that, Leinster. Uh, even though I don't, I think the Leinster thing in terms of all our, in terms of championship, I think the provincial thing is broken. I think mm. we need to get away from that. But there should still be some sort of Leinster championship. That's a whole other topic. But uh, next man in has a huge job. Whether it's an inside man inside the county, uh, Bernard Flynn, Colm O'Rourke. Uh, or we call Michael McDermott inside the county because he's with Wolf Tones. Larwall, Larwall won it. Larwall, these people. Uh, former Kells manager, uh, Gilcom Kill manager, has done a great job with the Downs and Mullingar. I think they won the, or just outside Mullingar, they won uh, their league title at the weekend. So Lara's done a great job. Or whether it's an outside manager, whether it's a Malachy O'Rourke, whether it's a Eamon Fitzmaurice, whether it's Stephen Rochford, Jim McGuinness. Uh, David Burke, yeah. you know, there's any amount of them out Jimmy there. Jimmy he's abroad. Is he still in Celtic? No, he's still involved in soccer. Yeah, but uh, is it Celtic? I think. He, well, I think he might have left Celtic. Okay. God, I'm not sure. I think he might have left Celtic. Yeah, right. um, 
yeah, well, yeah, he, the, he has the big name like that. Surely vested. you'd give a bit of a an oomph to Mead Football. You'd, yeah, you would think. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was asking. Would you like someone inside or outside the county? And, and who would you like? Yeah. But like a big name manager to, to give me support. Jesus Christ, with this fella coming in, let's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something to hope well, for. you know, I know it doesn't necessarily big, always it, mean it, success. It doesn't guarantee it. No, a big name, small name, just want the right name. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Martin, yeah, I think you've done superbly. A yeah, stand in for Jimmy. Jimmy. Bring back Jimmy. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, anything else? You, you've got your uh, Formula One Formula One T-shirt on you today. I do, so yeah, just no you're the second person this afternoon asking about yeah, that. Yeah, but that, I did it Someone twice. So. thought it was a cricket top. Yeah, well, I you don't know, wear cricket again, that's a Dundry fella. He didn't know a whole no. lot about sport either. So, <laughs> um, look, we've a busy weekend coming up. Actually, uh, I probably would need Jimmy to talk about this. Meet Senior Hurling Championship starts next Friday. We're into Championship Hurling. Um, t- game it around is a repeat of last year's final, Kildalki against Kiltail. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Uh, really looking forward to that. Trimmer playing Nafina uh, in the first round as well, which means that the other game is, and it's gone completely from my head. Uh, you get in front of you, Look it yeah, up if you yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, should be able to look it up. But uh, the other game coming up on Friday night then. In oh, look at all that catheter of under 13. They're not even putting it up there, the fixtures aren't up there. But uh, if you bear with me there, folks, we will find it. Yeah, of course, it's Dunboyne against Retolt. Uh, it's the other game on Friday, and uh, the Group B games then, which is uh, the so called second group in the senior hurling, uh, we'll see Blackhall Gales against Clannagale, Killine against Kilmesson and on Saturday is Longwood against Boards Mill. So look, that's another thing that we have in the paper, a full preview of the Senior Hurling Championship, Intermediate, Junior. Hurling Championship gets underway next week. The Intermediate Football Championship gets underway towards the end of the month, and then in early August, we're into the start of the Senior Football Championship. There's no let-up no. in sport and mead, uh, but there is a let-up on this podcast for this week. Thank God. So Thank I've been God. joined Thank by Martin. Martin, thanks a million. No worries. I'm Fergal Lynch. And that has been Talk A Good Game. Say hi.